Hey guys, this is What Mean. I'm Alex. And I'm Chase. And today we're going to do a re review on Beetlejuice, which um, I, I grew up with. I don't know if you grew up watching it as well. I didn't watch it till a little bit later in life. Like, it was uh, one of those movies that, like, I just missed coming up. Right. But I watched it. I mean, I probably watched, like, I say later in life. I probably watched it for the first time when I was, like, maybe... 14 or 15. Oh, okay. You know, so. not that late, but, like, yeah. Gotcha. It wasn't, like, something I watched, at, you know, as a kid. I feel like most of it, watching it now, most of it would have gone over my head. Right. As a kid. Some of the jokes and the innuendos and stuff, like, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those movies that, like, you know, aside from, you know, a few, like, times where they're, like, shit and damn and fucking it you know oh yeah like i know aside, aside from that which i'm i was kind of like eh, maybe this isn't such a kids movie like yeah most of the humor is a little more uh in a window and stuff where you know you can kind of like if a kid was watching it they wouldn't get it it'd go over their head they wouldn't right. even notice or pay attention to it but then I was kind of like, I don't remember the swearing in this, like, right. the, on first watch, you know. And watching it now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe this wasn't 100% kid-appropriate. I think it was, like, PG. It might have been. It was 88. See, I'm about to say that then again, like, back in the 80s, like, PG, like, I mean, I went back, I was probably, like, Top Gun was one of my favorite movies. Still haven't coming seen out. that movie. Love it. It's yeah. a great movie. I went back and watched it, like... Uh, probably four or five years ago, and watched yeah, it watched it. Uh, there's like a lot of you know aside from obviously the theme and the re of the movie, and you know there's a there's a sort of like there's like a sex scene in it. You don't see anything, but right. like, you know you know these two people are getting it on, and then there's also you know a death scene where Goose dies. But aside from that, like it's just a pretty chill movie right but then like going back and watching it there's like a lot of swearing in it and i feel like you know movies of that era like saying cuss words wasn't really like anything to get you in any trouble right they didn't really have the pg-13 then that only really came no, around it was like pg and, or, or r basically right. it was like you know as long as there wasn't like excessive cussing and violence and sex and like drug use and stuff it was pretty much, whatever, it's PG. You know, they only said fuck one time, so it's PG. You know? Right, it's like Temple of Doom. I know that they started, they after that movie, with how dark and kind of dark, like, it was like kind of like cheesy dark, mm. but still, like, right. some of the elements in that were just so dark and violent and kind of disturbing for right. the time, that after that, they kind of made the PG-13 rating, just because it's like, it's not hardcore enough to be r but it's not it's still it's really still dark, dark so we yeah. gotta find some kind of middle ground right but um yeah like with this movie um just kind of going back to that um i noticed like it'd been a while so I, like what i was expecting when i watched this movie because i have seen it a few times i did grow up with it is i was expecting much more like you don't kind of realize until you watch it beetlejuice actually isn't in a lot of this movie for it to be like really not yeah, for the movie to be named after him, he doesn't really appear that much. No, you only see Michael Keaton, what, a grand total of maybe 10 or 15 minutes of the movie, honestly? Yeah. Like, really not much. I mean, 
And uh, what's funny though is like, because to me when I was watching it as a like when I remember watching it younger, like Michael Keaton was my favorite character. Like he's flamboyant and weird and crazy, kind of like a sex pervert. Yeah, like I mean that was lost on me when I was oh, yeah. younger. But like you know, like he's just weird and wacky and out there and crazy. So like I was focused mostly on him when I watched the movie. And being that he's Beetlejuice and it's called Beetlejuice, obviously, you know. And, like, to me, I mean, I haven't watched the movie in probably a decade. Right. But, to me, like, I remember his scenes and, like, that part of the movie. And I remember more of um, how, like, when I think, like, if somebody said, like, hey, describe the movie Beetlejuice to me off the top of your head. Like, what do you remember of it? I mean, I'd be at a loss for the entire plot, but... You know, like, I, rem- I remember his scenes and that that kind of thing, but, like, watch rewatching this now, just, you know, just re- just now with you, like, I was like, dude, I forget, like, all the little subplots in this story. Right. I mean, which is not, not that there's a ton of them. It's not like, again, it's, you know, as we were kind of discussing while we were watching the movie, it's not a very deep film. Right. It's not, you know, it's it's... Tim Burton's early stuff. It doesn't. You can tell he's definitely young, and he's yeah, still he's, very he's, passionate about what he's doing. Yeah, like he's put a lot of work into it, but he's also like he's finding, he's finding his stride. He's kind of trying to like, he's he's definitely got his own flavor and his own trademarks before they were his trademarks in this movie. Right, and they're you not know? like it's not shoving the style down your throat right, either. It's not it's not overdone or washed out with a bunch of like hacky bullshit but it's also like not quite there right in a way like it's got all the elements of like this is definitely a, a, a good tim burton movie but right. it just doesn't have that spit and polish just yet right um that being said i love the movie i mean i've always oh, liked yeah. it, you know but it's one of those things where it's like i feel like it's just it's just good enough in all the right ways and just bad enough again in all the right ways that it just makes for a great movie. And like the overall story is actually a feel good story. Like it's a good right. movie. Like it's just fun to watch and it's like, you know, oh, these two people died in a car you know, they're a couple who are wet and married and very much in love and they died in a car accident and then they you know, originally they don't know they're dead. Right. They're just hanging out, doing their thing in their own home, and they're like, yo, there's fucking people just waltzing into our house, changing shit up, acting like we're not even here, what's going on? And then, it's like, oh, we died. Oh, no. Right. They can't see us. Like, we're just ghosts roaming around our house. And then, you know, it starts, like, to escalate from there. And, like, right. it's a good film, it's a good movie, it's a good story. Like, you wanna, you know, I feel like, Back in the day watching it, I was more focused on Beetlejuice and his parts of it. And well, being, of course. Being zany and wacky and all that. But, like, now I'm, like, I actually enjoyed the whole story of the movie. And uh, kind of have a newfound love for it. Right. There's um, definitely, like, I, I even talked to you about this. Like, there's a scene in it when... Uh, uh, when Owen Ryder's character is about to commit suicide, and that kind of took me suicide note, yeah, yeah, off guard. I didn't really catch that at first. Like honestly, I think I don't really remember the scene, but I feel like seeing that as a kid, like 
You didn't really get it. You didn't really get it. Like, I feel like I would have been like, oh, she's running away. Like, yeah. she doesn't want to be here anymore. She's running away. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's kind of why they left it. Like, unless you listen to the words she was saying while she was writing the note. You know. And, you know, even like I, when I mentioned, I was like, like when the scene pops up and you just see the close-up on her face. I'm like, why is she wearing a funeral veil? Right. And, you know, has, like, you know, the hat, the funeral garb on. And then I was like, oh, because she's planning on killing herself. Right. Okay, this is a suicide note. Like, it's not her just being goth and running away from home. Like, fuck you, mom and dad. Right. Uh, I kind of like, too, like, going back to the couple that's in this. Like, they were very much, like, very likable. And it was kind of just, like you said, just a really sweet story. Like, you know, they kind of are, like, replacement, like, kind of stand-in parents for uh, Winona Ryder's Mm -hmm. character in this. And ultimately, they save her in the end. Like, you see how unhappy she is, how misunderstood and mistreated she is by her parents who clearly don't understand her. Or don't don't, really want, don't don't really care to know her. They just kind of are like, yeah, whatever, you're weird, just whatever like we got our own shit going on just, right just openly dismissing yeah. uh, her in front of their business partners or whatever right and like talking down to her and about her to like their friends and stuff and like you know don't be weird don't act like you know don't act the way you act and be who you know this person that you're being in front of people you know we don't want them to think we're a bunch of crazy people like openly dismissing who she is as a person and invalidating her, you know, as a person, like, and then these two are like, hey, like, we're, you know, we've spoken to you, we've gotten to know you, like, you're a really great person and we like you and we want to help you and we hope that, you know, you get better and then towards, you know, the end you see, you know, they're talking to her about how she's doing on schoolwork and yeah and checking in on checking her checking in on her like taking a, a, a legitimate interest in her and her daily life and her emo- her emotions you know how she's right. feeling and stuff so yeah it definitely becomes like a really feel good like family movie right <laughs> yeah a family movie family movie <laughs> but um like yeah just like some of the some of the things that like Tim Burton's like tropes basically like aren't as strong in this one, which I think it's fine. I think it works better because the moments... Because, like, there'll be moments in the quote-unquote real world that just look normal, so that way when you do cut over to, like, you know, the much more fantastic, and like you even said, some of the claymation and stuff like that looks kind of like bad good is what you called it. Yeah. Like, it's it's the best version of bad, like, you'd want to see. Like, it's done well, but meant to look not done well. It looks like a B-movie, which look, I think yeah. is the vibe he's going it look, for. It looks like a B-movie, but it's a very well-done B-movie look. Right. Know? That's kind of like his style, too. Like, just going off of this from um, his next... This is the movie that would actually help him get the Batman 1989 movie. Like, this one came out in 1988. And after that, they were just like, okay, like, this made really good money. You know, the critical response was really good. We'll mm-hmm. let you do Batman. And even going in there, 
like, you kind of see some of his, like, even then, like, Batman doesn't seem like a Tim Burton movie until you see certain things, like, whenever some of the characters get fried or whatever, and they have those, mm -hmm. you know, those giant eyes, and, like, you can see, like, the kind of cartoony-looking yeah, skull and everything. And skull, like, El Gaunt and yeah. everything, like, definitely has earmarks of a lot of his, uh, his flair on it. Yeah. And then I would honestly compare this in terms of just like emotion and like character likability to kind of like Corpse Bride, I guess. Yeah, like I could de that's honestly like when we were watching the scene towards the end where they bring them back to, I guess, life death. Like, right. bring them back to what they would currently be if their bodies were dead and decomposing. Like, right. Then it kind of it it kind of made like. Very, very Corpse Bride vibes. I even almost mentioned something of, like, <laughs> just to be funny, like, are we watching the Corpse Bride right now? Like, <laughs> but, and, um, also, just some of the characters, too, like, looked very, like, in a way of saying almost familiar. Like, right. they looked, like, you even mentioned, like, when, um, Beetlejuice pops up with the carousel on his head, the top. The little skull thingy on top looks like a Jack Skellington, and like the guy in the mail room down in the underworld looks like that's hanging up by his neck. Right. He looks like the uh, dead dude that had his mouth sh sewed shut in Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, you know, it had like a corpse bride kind of element to it with the dress style and the look. Of, um... Gina Davis. Gina, yeah, thank you. Gina Davis's character and that towards the ending scene. And, uh, you know, it just... It had a lot of little things in it that, you know, maybe maybe back, you know, hindsight being what it is, looking back with the knowledge and familiarity of these characters that we have now, we're just kind of reading into it. But right. who knows? Maybe Tim Burton, the, you know, you know, everybody's... A lot of people's art style kind of remains with a lot of similar key elements, no matter how it how it evolves over time. You right. know, maybe these were things he'd been drawing and designing forever that just stuck with him, and he put them into like you know this was his first big work, right. and maybe he had all this stuff that he just threw it all in there. Yeah, and then you know something as little as a skull on top of a hat. Uh huh. That was something he'd been, a skull he'd been drawing and playing around with forever. And then eventually when he did make Corpse Bride, it was like, oh yeah, this is like my favorite type of skull to draw. This is what Jack Skellington. Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is my favorite type of skull to draw. I've been drawing it forever and this is what Jack Skellington's going to look like. And that's right. how the character developed. You know, maybe they were just early iterations and different types of, you know, looking back didn't really hold any weight in the beginning but became something else right more significant later on well i definitely know that he i don't know if it's the case for um this movie but i definitely know that tim burton with a lot of the things that he would create or make he you know he draws obviously right and so like he would draw i know for the batman returns movie he drew this picture of what he wanted the penguin to look like, and they, mm -hmm. he said basically, like, do this. So I could easily see him, since a lot of this stuff, a lot of the models, a lot of how the characters look, definitely do look like some of his drawings, if you've ever seen him. So I could definitely see him 
doing that with some of these designs and yeah. stuff like that. But it'd honestly be interesting. Like, I've never seen a sketchbook or anything for this, but it'd be kind of interesting to see. Oh, yeah, some of the, like, uh, the storyboards and stuff for how they frame this out to be and, like, what right. they wanted the characters and stuff to look like would be interesting to see. Right. But, um, yeah, I definitely really, like, I saw some things, like, kind of like every time me and you do something, I saw something in this movie I didn't see before. It's just mm -hmm. like, this movie was a lot deeper than it really had to be. It could have just been like a goofy, kind of quirky yeah, thing. Yeah, it could have been like, you know, like, like I said earlier, with the exception of some of the language and stuff, like, very easily could have just been a goofy little family movie. Or right. like just a goofy little spooky-ish comedy. Yeah, but you can you know. tell that, like, the writers or whoever was behind it actually did care about what they were writing and injected a little bit of... Some like, depth and very realism into it, you know? Yeah, like I said, like, not an insult or, like, a dig at the movie, but I'm like, for a minute it kind of turned into a real movie when they're talking to her about, like, oh, like, trust me, you don't want to be dead, like, like it's better here, like, and it will right. get better, basically. I'm like, yeah. that's, like, a real, like, sweet, like, you can tell just, like, earnest moment, and, like, mm -hmm. it's you know, taken seriously. Like, you know, there's a little bit of comedy with, like, the nose still being stretched and stuff like right. that. But, like, you can tell it's just like, oh, like, they actually do care. This is not just, like, a bunch of either goofy sight gags. Like, they mm -hmm. actually wanted to say something with this movie. Right. But, yeah, like, I really liked it. I really liked watching this movie with you. And um, hopefully soon, um, I guess just going to, like, our next thing, we want to do, like, a commentary on The Mask. Definitely want to do a commentary on the mask. That will happen, hopefully, in the very near future. Yeah, but uh, you, you got any other thoughts before we close out? I did have one thought about the house. Right. Did you notice, so, when they're putting the house together, I say putting it together, like, if you notice, like, some of the art style of the mom, like, you know, she's a sculptor and uh, does right. all the... All the, like, I can't remember, she says something about, like, her art style in the in the beginning, but I can't remember, like, what the wordage was there. Right. But, um, it's funny, like, when they start putting the house together the way they want it, they literally take this already beautiful, nice-looking, well-kept home, and they literally just, like, draw it out, like, they add, like, all this unnecessary <laughs> framing to the house. And right. Like, like, they make... They just make the porch longer to go to this wall that has a f frame in it with, like, no window and no ceiling and nothing, like... And they take this big, giant, like, cross-looking thing that looks like a window and put it over the window, but it just juts out, like, a few feet from the house. Right. And, like, they add an extra arch onto the tower on the top of the house to make it taller and like you know they were talking about like oh all your you know one of the critics in the in the uh at the dinner table when he was like bashing her and talking mm -hmm. how like oh your art is your flake you're a flake and your art is hacky and it's this that and the third like this is all thing this is all this is just unnecessary and it's like you notice in there, like, the way that she presents herself and the way that, like, a lot of their go-about things, like, right. they care more about outward appearance. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it was a literal jab at, like, the home on the inside. They're talking about how it's old and beaten down and broken up, but they literally don't do anything about it. Right. Other than, like, just 
throwing some decorations around. Right. And but they make the outside of the house this giant, pristine, like fa- fancy looking thing. Like it's a literal thing of like outward appearance is the only thing that matters. Right. And that's, that's why a good they're point. that's why they're so like digging into, you know, their their daughter Winona Ryder's character who is mm-hmm. like very goth and soft spoken and you know quote-unquote weird and quirky and well, she's like, just really an intelligent kid like when yeah, you give it, boil just, it down it's yeah. like it's a smart kid yeah she's in tune with her emotions and she says what she thinks like she's just a smart kid and she listens to people she doesn't she doesn't take things at face value or judge it by its looks or its outward appearance which is all that really matters to her parents right it's just like yeah like <laughs> definitely like that's a good point that's something i never would have thought of and um yeah, like, obviously, I love this movie. I grew up with it, and, uh, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that's yeah. kind of it, yeah. yeah. Um, if Great you, movie. Yeah. If, if you, you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah. Go find it and watch it. It's, uh, it's usually, like, pretty much, like, any, like, Target, anywhere. Like, you can probably find it in, like, the $5 bin I'm or sure whatever. I'm sure you could probably watch it on, like, Amazon Prime or something. Oh, yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, like, uh... Hope to do more videos, not videos, podcasts with you soon. Sorry, guys, it's really late. Definitely. And, um, yeah, so this has been really fun. This has been What Mean, and we will see you guys next time.